Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Erie Niagara School Superintendents Association's podcast, Achieving Joy and Mastery in Public Schools. I am your host, Brian Graham, Superintendent of the Grand Island Central School District. We are really excited that you're listening today. This podcast is designed to celebrate all that is good in public education around Western New York. We will be featuring programs and innovative ideas that inspire and influence our students, faculty, staff, and community in new and exciting ways. So everybody, let's get started. Today on our podcast, we have Michael Bauman, the superintendent of the New Fane Central School District. Mike is in his eighth year as superintendent here and previous to this served as assistant superintendent for human resources and planning for Sweet Home. New Fane has approximately 1,300 students in four schools, and they're currently wrapping up a comprehensive capital improvement project. In fact, the grand opening of the new Panther Field is coming up on Saturday, October 15th. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brian. Listen, I am really excited to learn more about technology, the uh, the changes that you have led this district uh, with infrastructure and uh, services for your students. And I'd, I'd like to hear more about this capital project. But first, you know, here we are. Mm-hmm. I think it's the sixth week of school. How are things going so far this year? You know, we have had a phenomenal start to the school year. Uh, things really got off to a great start. Um, the kids were excited about being back in a regular environment. Right. We've kind of really put the whole uh, COVID stuff behind us this year. Yeah. And uh, the kids have been fantastic. Everybody's very excited about being back. Yeah, that, that's that's fantastic. And I, you know, I got the sense when I walked in that the the capital project really is uh, illuminating all that's good with inside the this high school that we're here today. Uh, and I know you're constantly reviewing and upgrading and enhancing technology infrastructure for your student staff, probably your families as well. You know, maybe share with our listeners some of the new improvements and enhancements that have been made so far, and maybe some things that are planned for the future. Sure. Um, You know, it's interesting because, like you said, I've been here for eight years now. I I started here in November of 2015. And when I got here to Newfane, we didn't even have Wi-Fi in our buildings. Really? Um, We were well behind uh well behind on where we needed to be with technology um so we you know and and that was right around the times when the smart schools money was becoming available so we put together a district planning team and really you know built a plan from the bottom up in terms of you know using technology as an instructional tool using technology to enhance our students achievement and our the learning um, and really had to start from the ground floor and, and work up from there. So, um, you know, after after I'd been, I think in 2016, we started with the ins- installation of Wi-Fi throughout all of the buildings. Um, and luckily, uh, in September of 2019, we rolled out our one-to-one initiative. So at, in September, just several months before yeah, the pandemic, that's right. um, we were able to put Chromebooks in the hands of every one of our students. Um, here at the high school, it was actually one-to-one where they were carrying them with them and taking them home at the middle and the elementary. At that point, we were keeping them, the uh, Chromebooks in the buildings to give, but every student had one assigned to them. So when the pandemic hit in March, we were able to just tell the kids, grab your Chromebook and take it home. Yeah. So we were well set up for, for remote learning at that point. Um, 
you know, I have to give credit to the Board of Education for the support they've given us in this technology and uh, infrastructure development program. Um, prior to September of 2019, when we really rolled it out one to one, the board supported us in allowing me to hire a technology coordinator. Yeah, you really. So six months before we were actually putting Chromebooks in the hands of kids, right. We had uh, Jeff Anstead, who is phenomenal, our, our coordinator of technology on board, building the infrastructure for us, um, the switches and the Wi-Fi and all of the things that are critical to making sure that you know technology is used consistently and um, you know uh, is available when you need it. Um, so since then, um, you know we've engaged in a tremendous amount of professional development for our faculty um, on the uses of technology as an instructional tool. Um, and then just this past year, the board approved the hiring of an instructional technology coach. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was yeah. A, 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 and we've, a wonderful find. Uh, we hired Nick Kaiser, a young guy out of the, from the city of Buffalo, who has been working this entire past year all through the summer. Um, really developing a instructional coaching program for the use of technology in the classroom. And he has proven himself to be absolutely um, invaluable for us. Uh, he, he's just, just wonderful. And he's also the golf coach, okay. which is good. He's, you know, he's a scratch golfer, right. so that can't hurt either. Um, so, you know, where are we at now? Um, you know, actually we're sitting in uh, part of the capital project was the development of a, a multimedia um, computer lab in the library, and we're sitting in that room right now. This is brand new. Um, we've instituted a technological literacy program really? at the elementary school. Okay. So right now, all of our students, K to four, are receiving instruction one period a week, just like phys ed or art or music, sure. in technological literacy. So we've hired a teacher specifically for that, um, and again, supported by the Board of Education, which I can't, you know, I can't say enough about the level of support they've provided us. So that program has just started this year. We have um, two of our teachers here at the high school who are who are uh, actually one of our phys ed teachers is working towards the special computer science certification that the state has offered. Okay. So he's actually teaching a class in this room once a day um, with our technology coach, which will eventually uh, result in him getting the certification so he can continue to teach computer classes moving forward. That's great. So is that coding? Are they dabbling in uh, they're coding? They're dabbling in coding. They're dabbling in a, a lot of kind of... Um, um, uh, program design mm -hmm. stuff. Nice. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. And at the middle school, uh, where we're grades five through eight, we have our what used to be the home and career skills program is now turning over and switching into a more technological based right. um, program. We still have our our uh, technology teacher who's doing things like CAD programs and they're okay, creating sure. MakerBot. Yeah, uh, doing the MakerBot programs and and, and creating things there. But now we're t transitioning the, the, what used to be home and career skills into more of a technology literacy program at right. the middle school. So the goal is within the next four years to have you know, a solid base of technological literacy imbued in the students in the elementary school and then start expanding that at the middle school um, into more of the, the uses of technology for instruction and learning 
and then eventually at the high school look at more of the coding and the program stuff. Yeah, very comprehensive. We're trying. Yes, absolutely. We're we're really, and it's interesting because the board is very. Um, they they look to the future. They're not. They're, we're not leading the district for today. We're we're definitely looking to what it's going to look like five years or ten years from now. Yeah. Um, so we're very fortunate with that. So September 2019, these Chromebooks roll out for everybody in the district. Yes. Uh, perfect timing, right? Wow. So. Uh, so just talk, maybe, you know, rewind the clock a little bit and think back to that rollout. You know, you, you had a lot to manage mm -hmm. in March of 2020 with COVID. Uh, how, how did your faculty and staff embrace uh, this new technology? How did they, uh, what did they do to get themselves ready for, you know, for the online teaching portion of it? I'm sure it was a challenge, but... Uh, Absolutely. Um, you know, it was interesting because at that point, in September of 2019, we were not requiring everyone to establish Google Classrooms right. and, and things like that because it was so brand new for everyone. Um, it, it, so it really, you know, you, you, you always look for the silver lining. For right. us, the silver lining of the pandemic was forcing all of our faculty to get on board with, you know, the Google's Classroom suite of right. programs, right. Um, our learning management system, if yeah. you will, yeah. uh, you know, to get on board immediately with it. Um, we were fortunate that we had well, almost the entire middle school had gone to Google Classroom immediately. And we had pockets at the high school um, where there were some people who were very, very strong in it. So when, you know, the pandemic hit and we all had to go to that, there were a number of people who established cooperative groupings of teachers where teachers were helping each other develop their classroom, set up what a Google Classroom was going to look like, how to manage it, and things like that. Got it. Um, you know, we did a lot of research. We, we invested in a lot of online learning opportunities. Obviously, you know, from March until June, we were all sitting at home teaching, um, but we were providing lots of resources to the teachers through the computer to help them become more comfortable with it. Yeah, that makes sense. So you had mentioned the Smart Schools Bond Act was mm -hmm. one of the major sources of funding. Um, do you still have uh, some of the money uh, to use in the future, or were you able to spend it all out so far? We do. Uh, we do have about, I think we have about $800,000 okay. left in Smart Schools. Right. Um, when we first developed the plan for using the Smart Schools money, it was completely focused on uh, technological infrastructure. Since then, we've expanded a little bit um, so that we're also doing some, some of the security enhancements in the capital project are being funded through smart schools money. Um, we're replacing all the lock sets on all the doors and things like that. And we're going to fund that through smart schools to free up some of the capital project monies for some other things. But when our initial use of smart schools money was to purchase the Chromebooks. Right. Um, we did go with iPads and grades K-1-2. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, we went iPads and K-1-2, Chromebooks um, 3 through 12. Um, we also installed uh, interactive flat panels in every in every instructional space in the district. Right. We did decide to go with the portable ones. They're all on stands. Yep. So between the flat panels and the stands, we did that. Um, so the smart schools monies, there is some still some left. Um, but just this past year, and again, the forward-looking forward uh, Board of Education and our planning for the future, um, we had the public approve a capital 
a capital reserve fund for technology, oh, specifically okay. for technology. Great. Um, yeah, because you have to replace. Right. You have to replace right. a lot and of And we're getting things. to that point where we're getting into yeah. replacement cycles. Um, it was interesting. We, as I said, you know, Jeff Anstead is our coordinator of technology, and he's the hardware guy. He's the, you know, the, the, the infrastructure, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, and it was interesting that one shipment of Chromebooks that we had gotten had some faulty keypads. Okay. They, they weren't working. Um, and, and Jeff started fixing a few of them himself, but then said, this is, you know, we, we shouldn't be. Right. And we sent them all back. Um, the the, the um, vendor sent us 250 brand new Chromebooks and then fixed all the other ones okay. and sent them back. Nice. So we're in a wonderful position here yeah. where we actually had at least two, almost three grade levels of replacement um, Chromebooks available immediately. Right. So we're, we've actually had been able to extend our replacement cycle a little bit. Um, so we anticipate the smart schools, between the smart schools money and the capital uh, reserve fund for technology, we're going to be in great shape for a lot of years in terms of replacement cycles. During uh, during COVID and now after COVID, do you do you have specific professional development set up for staff? I, I mean, I, I fully understand because this happened in our district too. Teachers worked together. We had some instructional coaches helping people, um, so that foundation is now set. You know, but is there anything else uh, in the future that you're thinking professional development wise will will really uh, you know continue this effort uh, to be as successful as possible? We've really focused um, the the professional development on the instructional coach. Right, right. You know, it, what our view of professional development is, we're trying to we we have instructional coaches in English, mathematics, and now with technology, and we're really looking at an embedded, ongoing professional development program, where you know it's not even though we have our staff development days, we all have our four days or whatever. Um, you know, we're not looking at any kind of one-and-done types of stuff, but yet embedded cycles of professional development continuously happening throughout the district. So, yes, I mean, we're, we've invested. I, mean, I look at you know the hiring of the instructional coaches and investment in professional development. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I, I read somewhere on, your, on, on the district website that you have specific agreements with Niagara Community College, Genesee Community College, Niagara University. How will these new technology improvements support uh, post-high school, college-level courses, or even you know just uh, kids moving into the workplace? Yeah, it's interesting because that was one of the strongest arguments um, that we made five years ago for moving in this direction to the Board of Education and, and to the community was we're graduating students who are not prepared for college, not, not intellectually, but from their knowledge of how to use technology. Um, so we're, we're constantly in contact with the colleges that we have articulation agreements with and making sure that the, the learning systems that we're using or the setups that we're using, um, the programs and things like that are compatible with what they're using and, and will develop in our students the skills they're going to need to be successful there. The other thing that, that we've had a wonderful um, relationship with many of the employers and, and Niagara Orleans BOCES as well, who, who does a phenomenal job with it, in terms of reaching out to local businesses and, and, and local employers to find out what types of, of software and programming they want to see the kids have at least exposure to before they move into the workforce. Yeah. Earlier, you talked about part of the 
monies for the smart from the Smart Schools Bond Act would also include uh, some hardware for classroom doors. I think you said or mm-hmm. lock sets. Mm-hmm. Could, is there a technology component to these lock sets that? Uh, that you know either connect to Wi-Fi and allow you to lock down classrooms or anything uh, unique yeah. in that nature. No, not okay. necessarily. Okay. I was just it, they're strictly part of the enhanced security Got aspect it. of it. Got they're it. push-button locks, so you okay. can secure them from the inside much more quickly. Okay. okay. So um, the, yeah. So yeah. there's something new there. But they're not electronic. Okay. So this 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 capital project, mm. uh, I think it's thirty million. Thirty million dollars. Thirty million dollars. Yeah. Uh, you know, just share with our listeners some of the sure. exciting you know components so that I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, foundational elements that that the public won't see, you know, boilers and things like that. But maybe share a little bit about this. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Newfane, prior to this project, it had this kind of running history of little capital projects, Mm -hmm. three million here, three million there. And, um, you know, while this capital project includes Panther Field, our brand new multi-sport athletic facility, which is wonderful and opening this weekend, you know, that's a really, that's less than a third of the project. Yeah. Um, we're replacing all of the roofs on all of our buildings. We've completely gutted the interior of the high school and retiled all the walls, new ceilings, new lighting. Um, in all four of our buildings, we've created secure entryways. Uh, all of our buildings, you could go in the front door and have direct access to spaces where students were right. without having to go through a main office or anything like that. So we've installed secure entryways. Right now the elementary and the high school are done, the middle school and, and our early childhood center will be done next summer. Um, so a lot of infrastructure stuff. Heating units, I'll call it the condenser, the the machinery that runs our aquatic center that keeps the air at the temperature it should be and controls the humidity was 20 years old, part right. of our last major capital project. Um, and that, that had to be redone. At the middle school this summer, we'll be gutting and completely redoing our auditorium. You know, it's a small rural district. We have one auditorium for the entire district, sure. which is located at the middle school. Right. And it is run down and beat up. And, and, you know, by this time next year, we will have an absolute state-of-the-art performing arts center at the middle school, yeah. which is very exciting. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, you know, there's so every... Every door in the district is getting new secure hardware put yeah. on it. So it'll be hard. The doors will all be hardened, um, intruder-resistant doors that can be secured with the push of a button. Um, there's so many other things. We're re- eventually, uh, next summer, we'll be redoing our track and field facility that's behind the middle school. Okay. Um, you know, We made a conscious decision when we, when we relocated the football field and the sports field complex to the high school to leave track and field in place. We'll be resurfacing the track next year. We'll be putting in new shot put and discus pits, um, really bringing that up to speed as well. But now our track and field program, which has always been an incredibly strong program, will have their own individual location for their meets, which is nice. Yeah, that's great. Um, Plus, it also allows us to have a a larger footprint for the turf field. Um, The new stadium, like I said, is opening this week. We have four and a half acres of turf over there at that stadium. Yeah. So we have a, a full baseball diamond, a softball diamond, the football field, lacrosse, soccer, uh, field hockey. Um, so all of our student-athletes will have a chance. And actually, we had our, our first game yeah. on the turf yeah. last night. Yeah. Girls soccer okay. had a game, all their right. final home game of the season. Nice. And we let them out on the turf and let them let them yeah. play it there last yeah. night. So I saw that your uh, your seniors had a, a beautiful photo on the website uh, at the center of that 
that Panther field. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I just, a, a, a just a small note, you know, I'm driving here. I've, this is my first time, you mm-hmm. know, being here at Newfane. And as I was looking at Google maps, uh, I kept saying, oh, New Newfane drive or no Panther drive is coming up. <laughs> and I thought, how cool is that Panther drive? Is there a lot of spirit here in the community? It, there really is. You know, I can't say enough about this community and how they've gotten behind us. Um, you know, w- the Board of Education set one of their goals a couple of years ago to become much more entwined with the community, really to, to, to forge strong relationships with the community and really, you know, become one. Yeah. A- and we really have. We have a wonderful PTSA, wonderful program there they support. We have a sports boosters group. Um, that supports everything we do. I have a wonderful relationship with the town supervisor, John Syracuse, great guy, the town board. Um, it, it really is. I, I mean, the town of Newfane and the Newfane Central School District are are the same. I mean, yeah. we're we're all one one entity here, yeah. one Newfane. Yeah, great. Yeah. So, what else? As we wind things down, you know, what else would you like to share with our listeners about Newfane and all these exciting developments? Well, I you know, I'll tell you, it, there was for a long time this this I think a and it, we're still trying to, to battle it, I think, to some extent, that, you know, Newfane is this small, poor, rural district up on the lakes, uh, up on Lake Ontario there, and um, and we're not. Uh, you know, the district is in phenomenal financial shape. The community is incredibly supportive. I think I mentioned before, you know, the Board of Education, um, it's interesting. When I was hired here eight years ago, um, we have, there's one member of the Board of Education currently who was on the board that hired me? Right, um, and and turnover is good. I, you know, turnover is always good, but consistency has its benefits as well. Um, but the board, throughout this, the, the changes and the, the the rotations of of who's on the board, who is, has remained incredibly supportive of everything we're doing here. Um, you know, they support our efforts. Um, you know, we, the last two summers, we've run an incredible summer enrichment program for our students. We had uh, 160 kids involved in summer enrichment wow. this, pla- this past summer. Wow. What, what grade levels? Did that, uh, that was, that was K through wow. eight. Okay. Uh, so we did a summer enrichment K through eight. And what was nice was, you know, the, the town had always run a summer recreation mm. program and it had fallen off over the last couple of years because of the pandemic. Um, but the town came to us with the new supervisor and said, we're not yeah. in the summer recreation business. We don't know how to do it. Would the district be interested in taking that on? Yeah. So what we ended up doing was for a six-week period this summer, we had academic enrichment from 9 to 12. Okay. And then the bulk of those kids then went to the summer recreation program nice. from noon until 3 perfect. o'clock. Perfect for families, perfect for Absolutely. kids. Absolutely. It was, it was phenomenal. And the board... Uh, the, we funded obviously the academic enrichment program. The town helped with some funding for the summer recreation program, um, and it was wonderful. We we used all of our teachers. We had our teachers teaching the academic enrichment. We hired a whole bunch of our seniors yeah. to come back and act nice. as school ca- or, uh, camp counselors yeah. for the summer rec program, which right. was great. Yeah. Um, and, and it really solidified that relationship between the town and the and the and the school district. Um, so, you know, we've got those things going on. And, you know, prior to this, and again, kind of an indication of how supportive the board is, um, our middle school assistant principal had always been a 10-month position. Okay. And I said to the board, well, you know, if we're committed to this summer thing, right. we're going to do this forever. And and, and when our, our, we had a vacancy in that position. 
I said, let's make this a 12-month yeah, position. That's great. And let them do, you know, middle school assistant principal for 10 months and then run the summer program right. for Perfect. us. Perfect. And the board said yes. Yeah. Um, so it's been wonderful. Uh, so, it, you know, such an incredibly supportive community, a wonderful board of education. Everybody's there for the right reasons. Um you know, to make sure that our kids have everything they need to be successful when they leave here. Um, and hopefully they don't go too far. Yeah. They stick around. Yeah. You know? Well, you know what? It, you can feel the positive energy as soon as you walk in the door. Uh, Mike, you and your team are doing a great job and the Board Thank of Education. I mm -hmm. uh, really, really uh, am thrilled to uh, be here today. And for our listeners, if you're interested in subscribing to the podcast, uh, you can look for Achieving uh, joy and mastery in public schools in your favorite podcast platform. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. All right, Mike, thanks again. We'll look forward to talking to you real soon. And uh, we'll, we'll catch our listeners uh, uh, next week, too. We'll have another podcast for you. All right, have a great day. Thank you for joining us today as we explore the concept of achieving joy and mastery in public schools. We will be interviewing school districts in Erie and Niagara counties on a regular basis as we look to shine a spotlight on all of the amazing programs and practices essential for achieving joy and mastery with our students, faculty, staff, and community. This podcast is sponsored by the Erie Niagara School Superintendents Association, and we we hope you consider subscribing. <laughs>